pray. Heavenly Father, in these moments, we thank you for who you are. And as we reflect on the words of this beautiful song that has just been sung, Lord, indeed, we thank you that you are our champion, that you are the great I am, that there is nothing that is impossible for you. God, we thank you that you are so powerful, that you are so awesome, that you silence voices that come against us, that we can stand because we stand next to you and we can watch giants fall. God, we thank you that you have given us the power and the authority in the name of Jesus. And so as your children, we find our value, we find our worth, we find our meaning in Christ alone. And so Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house and worship you. We thank you, God, that we are not here because we have to be, but because we want to be, because we understand that you are worthy of all our praise. And so this morning, God, may you come. May your spirit fall fresh on this place. May your word prevail and may you speak to your people. We thank you that you are good and that your Holy Spirit is already moving. And so God, come and have your way. Come and speak to each one of us today in a special way. Those who are here and those who are online, we pray, God, for your blessing. We pray for your spirit, and we pray that you would have your way in our lives. And so, God, be with us. Help us, Lord. Help us to listen and to obey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning once again, and welcome to you all. And as I said, it is a privilege for us to be here in the house of the Lord. Today we will continue on with this series that we've been working through on Jacob versus Esau. And so if you have your Bibles, would you turn to Genesis chapter 27? And while you turn there, just to refresh your memory, Jacob and Esau were twin brothers. And in fact, they were also rivals. From the very womb they fought, and as they grew up, it just seemed to get worse, their relationship with one another. Isaac, their father, favored Esau, while their mother, Rebekah, favored Jacob. One day, Esau was extremely hungry and wanted the stew that his brother Jacob was cooking. And so the end of the story is he sold his birthright to his brother for a bowl of stew. So we pick up the story now in Genesis chapter 27, starting from verse 1. And it says this. <clears throat> one day when Isaac was old and turning blind, he called for Esau, his older son, and said, My son, yes, father, Esau replied. I am an old man now, Isaac said, and I don't know when I may die. Take your bow and a quiver full of arrows and go into the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare my favorite dish and bring it here for me to eat. 
Then I will pronounce the blessing that belongs to you, my firstborn son, before I die. But Rebekah overheard what Isaac had said to his son Esau. So when Esau left to hunt the wild game, she said to her son Jacob, Listen, I overheard your father say to Esau, Bring me some wild game and prepare me a delicious meal. Then I will bless you in the Lord's presence before I die. Now, my son, listen to me. Do exactly as I tell you. Go out to the flocks and bring me two fine young goats. I'll use them to prepare your father's favorite dish. Then take the food to your father so he can eat it and bless you before he dies. But look, Jacob replied to Rebekah, my brother Esau is a hairy man and my skin is smooth. What if my father touches me? He'll see that I'm trying to trick him and then he'll curse me instead of blessing me. But his mother replied, then let the curse fall on me, my son. Just do what I tell you. Go out and get the goats for me. So Jacob went out and got the young goats for his mother. Rebekah took them and prepared a delicious meal just the way Isaac liked it. Then she took Esau's favorite clothes, which were in the house, and gave them to her younger son Jacob. She covered his arms and the smooth part of his neck with the skin of the young goats. Then she gave Jacob the delicious meal, including freshly baked bread. So Jacob took the food to his father. My father, he said, Yes, my son, Isaac answered. Who are you, Esau or Jacob? Jacob replied, It's Esau, your firstborn son. I've done as you told me. Here is the wild game. Now sit up and eat it so you can give me your blessing. Isaac asked, How did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God put it in my path, Jacob replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come closer so I can touch you and make sure that you really are Esau. So Jacob went closer to his father, and Isaac touched him. The voice is Jacob's, but the hands are Esau's, Isaac said. But he did not recognize Jacob because Jacob's hands felt hairy, just like Esau's. So Isaac prepared to bless Jacob. But are you really my son Esau, he asked. Yes, I am, Jacob replied. Then Isaac said, Now, my son, bring me the wild game. Let me eat it, and then I will give you my blessing. So Jacob took the food to his father, and Isaac ate it. He also drank the wine that Jacob served him. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come a little closer and kiss me, my son. So, Isaac, so Jacob went over and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he was finally convinced, and he blessed his son. He said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of the outdoors, which the Lord has blessed. From the dew of heaven and the riches of the earth, may God always give you abundant harvests of grains and bountiful new wine. May many nations become your servants, and may they bow down to you. May you be the master over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. All who curse you will be cursed, and all who bless you will be blessed. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and almost before Jacob had left his father, Esau returned from his hunt. 
Esau prepared a delicious meal and brought it to his father. Then he said, sit up, my father, and eat my wild game so you can give me your blessing. But Isaac asked him, who are you? Esau replied, it's your son, your firstborn son, Esau. Isaac began to tremble uncontrollably and said, then who just served me wild game? I have already eaten it and I blessed him just before you came. And yes, that blessing must stand. When Isaac heard his father's words, he let out a loud and bitter cry. Oh, my father, what about me? Bless me too, he begged. But Isaac said, your brother was here and he tricked me. He has taken away your blessing. Esau exclaimed, no wonder his name is Jacob, for now he has cheated me twice. First he took my birthright as the firstborn, and now he has stolen my blessing. Oh, haven't you saved even one blessing for me? Isaac said to Esau, I have made Jacob your master and have declared that all his brothers will be his servants. I have guaranteed him an abundance of grain and wine. What is left for me to give you, my son? Esau pleaded, but do you have only one blessing? Oh, my father, bless me too. Then Esau broke down and he wept. In this passage of scripture here, we see that at this point in time, Isaac was an old man. He was old and he was aging and he was partially blind. He couldn't see properly. He knew that his life was coming to an end. And so before he died, he told his older son, he told Esau, go and bring me this wild game, prepare me this meal so that I can perform the ceremony of blessing, so to speak. You see, in those days before a father died, he performed a ceremony of blessing. And it was at this time that he handed over the birthright to his son. Although the firstborn son was entitled to the birthright, being the firstborn, it was actually until the father performed this blessing and made it official that he actually received the benefits of being the firstborn son. So it became official at this time because it was now that the blessing was pronounced upon him. So this was good and it was custom, but the problem was because of Isaac's eyesight, he was easily tricked and deceived into giving the wrong son the blessing that he had intended to give the other son. Isaac chose to give this blessing at this time. But think about it. If Isaac had chosen to give this blessing earlier in life or to establish this earlier, then he probably wouldn't have had to go through all of this because his eyesight would have been fine. He wouldn't have been easily tricked. He would have been in the right mindset and been able to accomplish what he wanted to do without any problems. You see, many times people wait later in life to take care of certain things. They wait later to worry about getting their affairs in order or taking care of their business or, or making sure that their final wishes are in place. And that is common and custom, but the problem with doing that is that when you choose to wait later in life, 
age is now not a, a good thing on your side because as we get older, our bodies change. We're more limited in certain areas and there may be um, physical limitations, mental limitations where we're not thinking as clearly or logically. And it, when we choose to wait longer, we now open up the possibility for others to make certain decisions for us because we just can't do it on our own. Are you following me? So because Isaac waited much later in life, this caused further problems and allowed him to be tricked. The first thing that I want to tell you this morning, and I didn't really want to start with it, but this is how it comes up in scripture, is don't put off preparing your will and final wishes until you're older and are on your sickbed. Don't put it off. This is something that regardless of age, regardless of who we are, we need to make sure that we take care of. We need to make sure that we do. Now, the truth is that none of us know when our time on earth will come to an end. And we need to be prepared spiritually, but we also need to be prepared for the things on this earth as well that come up and have those things in order. Now, I've heard people say, and maybe you've heard them, and maybe you're one of those people who say, well, you know, I don't want to pre-plan my funeral or make a will or do any of those things because in doing so, you might have the mentality that you might die quicker, right? You've heard people, come on. You're going to die quicker because it's almost like you're, you're jinxing yourself or you're wishing death upon yourself or something. Come on, am I right? Right? You've heard people say that. Can I just tell you something in a very loving way? It's nonsense. Okay? <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. It's nonsense. You see, when we take care of these things when we're able to, then we make sure that we have everything in order, that we're being responsible, that we're taking care of our business, and that we're doing it while we're able to and in our right and sound mind. Does it make sense? See, Isaac could have done this at an earlier age, but he waited until he was older, basically on his sickbed, so to speak. When we take care of these things when we're healthy and able to, then we avoid issues that come up in the long run. Issues with our family, issues with all the things that people may want to do or have a say in when we're able to do it. Isaac intended that his blessing would go to his son Esau, but it went to his son Jacob. It was custom for the firstborn to receive this blessing. And because he was tricked, he was not able to give it to the one that he intended it to go to. You see, we need to make sure that we take care of our business, that we take care of what we have worked hard for. I'm sure that you have worked hard for what you have, that you have sacrificed for it, that you make sacrifices, and you want to say in what happens to it, right? And so it's important to make sure that our affairs are in order. And here's something I want to encourage you. If you don't have a will yet, then you need to make sure that you go and get one. 
okay? And it's not jinxing yourself or a bad omen. It's being responsible and making sure that you're taking care of your business. So make sure that you do it. Make it a top priority because none of us know when our time will come. So Isaac waited until he was older and, and wasn't able to see properly to pronounce the blessing. Rebecca heard what Isaac had said to Esau, and so she quickly devised a plan to trick him into blessing Jacob instead. Jacob, her son, was persuaded to lie and to deceive his father. Now, know that Jacob was not a little child at this time. He was a man. He was old enough to know for himself what was right and what was wrong. Yet he allowed his mother to persuade him into doing what he knew was not right. He allowed her, he listened to what she had said, and so he was led astray and did what he knew was not right. Be careful not to listen to others who try to lead you astray from what you know is right in God's sight. Be careful. There are so many voices that come at us that we hear that are telling us this and telling us that and saying we should believe this or believe that or do this or do that. But the only voice that we should listen to 100% of the time is God's. The only one that we should listen to. Now, you probably are wondering, well, it's his mother, right? His mother is the one who told him to do this. And so we're to honor our mothers and fathers. We're to honor our parents. So he was just doing, he was just doing what he should do by honoring them. Well, here's the thing. Yes, we are to honor our parents the best that we can. But when they start telling us to do things that are contrary to what God tells us, guess whose voice we need to listen to? God wins every time. And so he should have stood up for what he knew was right and should have said no, but he chose to listen to her. Are there certain people in your life that you've been listening to? Certain people who have been telling you to do this or do that and lead you astray from what you know is right. Maybe your friends are encouraging you to drink alcohol or do recreational drugs, do dangerous or dumb things. You need to stand up and do what is right. Not what they want, but what you know God wants you to do. Maybe your accountant is telling you that you should make false claims on your taxes. You need to do what is right in God's eyes. Maybe you have family members who are telling you, you don't need to go to church every week. You don't need to give so much money to the church. You need to do what you know is right in God's eyes. Do you have coworkers or a boss who is telling you to do things that you know are not right at work or to falsify documents? You need to do what you know is right in God's eyes? Is your boyfriend or girlfriend pressuring you into doing sexual things before marriage? You need to do what is right in God's eyes. Don't listen to the voices around you. Do what is right in God's eyes because at the end of the day when we stand before God, our friends, our family, our co-workers, our neighbors will be nowhere to be found. We have to give an account to God. And it's about what we have decided and done. 
Do what is right in God's eyes. Whatever others may tell you, you have your own mind. You are responsible for your actions and don't allow others to lead you astray. So Jacob listened to his mother and so he deceived his father into getting a blessing that wasn't his. Even though he clearly knew it was wrong, he still went ahead and did it. You see, he knew it was wrong, yet he still did it. If you must deceive someone to get something from them, it's not worth it. If you must deceive someone into getting something from them, this is point number three, then it is not worth doing. It is not worth it. Don't take matters into your own hands to gain something that doesn't belong to you. Now, I want you to understand something, okay? Rebecca, when she was pregnant with these twin boys, had a struggle inside of her, okay? And, and in chapter 25, if you flip over the chapter, a couple chapters there, she went to God and asked God about what was happening within her. And so in chapter 5, verse 23, God says this to her, okay? I'm going to read it. The Lord says, The sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other, and your older son will serve your younger son. You see, God had already told her before these boys were even born what was going to happen. He already said that Esau would serve Jacob. He already said that Jacob would be a greater nation, that he was going to give him all that he had for him. Yet Rebekah chose to take matters into her own hands. Follow me on this. Instead of waiting on what God had already said, had already told her was going to happen, had already prophesied and claimed, she decided she was going to help God out and that she was going to make sure that Jacob was blessed. She was going to make sure that her son received the gift because she knew that God had already said it was going to happen, and so she figured she needed to do something in order to do it. God had already prepared great things for Jacob. He'd already promised that he would be a strong nation. He would already promise that his brothers would serve him. God said what was going to happen, and he didn't need her help. You see, understand this. God loves us. He wants to help us, but he doesn't need our help in certain areas. He doesn't need us to help him out because he's already got it covered. He already has the details covered. One day, my husband took me on a romantic date and told me we were going out for dinner. So, you know, I got all dressed up, uh, all excited, and we went to McDonald's. And... <laughs> That's right, nothing more romantic than seeing a man eat a Big Mac, right? <laughs> So we, we went to McDonald's, and so, you know, of course, he told me what he wanted so that I could go and order it for him. Um, anyways, <laughs> so, so I ordered the food, and, and, and so we were waiting on certain things. So I brought some of the food to the table, okay? 
And, and some of the food included, I had small fries, because I, I didn't want a lot of things, so I had some small fries there. And I could see as I went back waiting that he was eating my fries, okay? He was eating my fries to the point that it was almost gone, right? So I was like, wow, this is so romantic. So I go back over, and I see that, you know, half of the fries are gone. And I had more food that I, that I was waiting for, and part of that food included his fries, which were an extra large fry, okay? Follow me on this. I'm telling you this for a reason. So he said, oh, I didn't know you were getting me fries, so I just decided to eat some of yours, right? And I said, because you didn't see it, you assumed you weren't going to get any, when in fact, what I had for you was more than what I had for myself, but you just helped yourself, which was fine, but you know. You know, when I think of that, I think of the fact that sometimes the things that we don't see, we assume we're not going to get, right? Because we don't see it right there in front of us, we think it's not coming. But God tells us to wait. If I said you're going to get it, trust me. Because what I have in store for you is better and greater than what you can steal from someone else. If only Jacob had waited and trusted God, that what God was going to give him was better and greater than what he could steal from his brother. He just needed to wait and to be patient that it was coming because God had already said it was going to happen. Rebecca tried to help God out instead of trusting him. Are we trusting God? Or are we trying to help him out by doing our own thing? The Bible commentator writes, although God had already told her that Jacob would become the family leader, Rebecca took matters into her own hands. She resorted to do something wrong to try to bring about what God had already said would happen. No matter how good we think our goals are, we should not attempt to achieve them by doing what is wrong. Are you doing something that you know is wrong? Are you doing something that you know is not right in order to get or obtain something from someone or something as an object or a thing? Are you lying about your skills or qualifications in order to get that job? Are you cheating on your assignments or your papers at school in order to get a good grade, but you know it's wrong? You know you don't deserve that. Are you deceiving your parents into thinking you're going somewhere, but really you're going somewhere else? Are you lying to your spouse about how finances are being spent? You see, if we have to deceive someone in order to get something, it's not worth doing. Because of what Jacob did, Yes, he did get the blessing that he wanted and that he thought he deserved, but it cost him dearly. It cost him a lot. Look at what it cost him. He never saw his mother again. His brother wanted to kill him, and he didn't have a good relationship with his brother. He was deceived by his own uncle, Laban, if you read further on. His own uncle deceived him. His family became torn by his strife. Esau became the founder of an enemy nation, and he was exiled from his family for years. 
The bottom line is that it just wasn't worth doing it if only he had realized that. And when we choose to do something that is wrong in order to get something that we know doesn't belong to us or that God didn't intend for us to have, then we often suffer greater consequences because of our actions than it's worth. If you have to do something that you know is wrong to get something, it's not worth doing. Even though Jacob was deceived, he deceived his father. We have to give Isaac credit for the fact that he tried his best to question and make sure that it was the right son that he was blessing. So if you look at the scripture, you see that there are many things that Isaac asked and thought of and did to try to make sure that he was giving the blessing to the right son. And that teaches us to learn to ask questions and think critically before doing something important. Learn to ask questions. Learn to think about things properly and thoroughly before we make certain decisions or before we do something that is very important. Notice the things that he did before giving the blessing out. Isaac asked, who is it? Right? Who, who is it? Is it Esau or is it Jacob? He asks how the son was able to find the animal so quickly and prepare it so fast. In verse 21, he touches him to make sure that he felt like Esau, that he had the, the hairy skin. He questioned the voice because it sounded like Jacob, but the skin felt like Esau. He asks again in verse 24 if it was really his son Esau. He ate the food, so this means he didn't give the blessing right away. He took time to eat the food, to think about things, to make sure that he was giving it to the right son and that it even tasted like Esau's food. Then he asked for a kiss in order to catch a smell to make sure it smelt like his son Esau. So what Isaac did was right. He questioned things. He made sure that as much as he could with his vision being limited that he was giving this blessing to the right son. Even though he was still deceived, he still did what he could do given his circumstances. In the same way, when things come up in our lives, we need to learn to ask questions, learn to think critically about them. And when I say think critically, I'm not saying to think negatively, because sometimes when we say critical, we can mean negative, but that's not what I mean. When I say think critically, I mean think about things thoroughly and fully before doing them. Really ask questions. Really think about every possible scenario and, and look at, could there be consequences? What could happen? What are the ramifications of me doing this? Because giving out the blessing was a big deal. For him to receive the blessing was a very, very big deal. And in the same way, there are certain things that we do in our life that are very big deals. And we need to learn to ask questions and to think about things thoroughly and critically before jumping into things. Question, ask, think about before you marry someone, before you go and, and buy a vehicle or make a big purchase, before investing in a home or a business. 
or um, for loaning someone money or making a big purchase for yourself, before choosing a school or a program that you want to get into, ask questions and think critically about it. You see, one of the biggest helps in my life is learning to think critically. In my undergrad degree, I took a course called Critical Thinking. And this has been one of the most beneficial courses that I've ever taken because it's taught me how to teach myself to think about things thoroughly before doing them, to ask possible questions. And I, I want you to start doing that in your own life. So let me give you an example, okay? This is a sermon, but it's also practical application for you. Okay, let's, let's say buying a car, okay? Before buying a car, it's important to think critically about it. Ask yourself questions. Don't just jump into it because it's shiny and brand new and the, it looks good and you need a car. Ask yourself, can I afford the monthly payments? Can, can I afford the insurance on this? What happens if I lose my job? Can I still pay for it? Do I have enough money every month for gas, for maintenance? What about if something unexpected happens, an accident or repairs? Can I afford to do this? Is there any incentive on me purchasing this vehicle? Ask yourself questions. Have I shopped around to make sure I'm getting the best deal? Is this car fuel efficient? Does it hold its trade-in value? You need to learn to ask questions. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask questions. The problem is many people are afraid to ask questions because they think they look stupid or they're taking up too much time. And when I was younger and I would go into a store, and especially if it was a store that someone had to, you know, tell you about an object or item and, and had to explain it and, and all of that, I, I don't know about you, but there were times where, you know, I knew in my mind I didn't want this or I couldn't even afford it, but because they took the time to tell me about it, right, I felt obligated, like I have to buy something, right, because it's going to look bad. But it's okay to walk away, to say no, to think about things before just jumping in to doing it. Learn to ask questions, and I'm telling you, this is going to help you in your life. It's going to help you save a lot of headaches, heartaches, a lot of problems and issues if you learn to think things through before doing them. So Isaac tried his best to think things through before giving the blessing to his son. Once he realized it wasn't um, uh, Esau that he gave it to, but Jacob, it was too late. You see, in ancient times, a person's word was binding, just like a written contract today, especially when it was a formal oath. So the fact that Isaac had already given out the blessing meant that it could not be revoked, that it was standing and it couldn't be changed. He already had given it out. Before the blessing was given, however, the father could change his mind and give the birthright to another more deserving son. So if he felt that the older son didn't deserve it, he could give it to another son if he chose to, but it had to happen before the birthright was given out. It couldn't happen after. It had to happen before. But after the blessing was given, the birthright could no longer be taken away. 
So although Jacob had been given the birthright by his older brother, remember we read the story in the last message about how Esau sold his birthright to his brother? So even though Esau had basically given his birthright to his brother, it wasn't until the father blessed him and made it official that that birthright stood. Okay, so he needed the father's blessing in order for that to stand and for him to officially receive it. The blessing was given and there was nothing left for Esau. He pleaded, he begged, he cried, he wept, but there was still nothing that was left for him. Isn't it sad that he deserved to get it as the older son, that it was his right as that older son to receive the birthright, yet nothing was given to him. Isn't it wonderful to know that our Father in heaven has enough for all of us? That he doesn't just give to one or give to some, but he has for each and every one of us. When I think about the fact that Isaac had one blessing, he gave it away and there was nothing left for the other son. I think how wonderful it is to know that we don't have to beg or plead for God's gifts and blessings, but they are for all his children. We don't have to beg and plead, and that's the last point for today. God gives us freely all that he has because it belongs to his children. You see, since we are co-heirs with Christ, everything that we have, we get to share in his blessings and his benefits. We are co-heirs with Christ. That means that our inheritance as believers is the promise of eternal life, the promise of heaven one day, that all that we have from God as his children is promised to each and every one of us. 1 Peter 1, verses 3 to 5 say this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. You see, through faith, we receive an inheritance from God, one that is kept in heaven for you. That means that you don't have to worry about someone stealing your inheritance from God. You don't have to worry about someone cheating you out of what God has for you because it's being kept in heaven with your name on it, guarded for you until the day you come face to face with him. Isn't it wonderful to know that all that God has is for us? Everything that he has is ours because we are his children. This was the second time that Jacob had stolen from Esau. But as Christians, as children of God, we don't have to worry. You see, we can claim that blessing. We can ensure that it's there when we place our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. When we receive him and trust in him as Savior and Lord, we can know that we are bound for heaven, that our inheritance is secure, and that no one can touch it. 
we will receive it one day. May we learn from this story, these practical truths and more, and apply them to our lives. Don't put off preparing your will and final wishes until you're older or on your sickbed. Be careful not to listen to others who try to lead you astray from what you know is right in God's sight. If you must deceive someone to get something from them, it's not worth it. Learn to ask questions and think critically or thoroughly before doing something important. And we don't have to beg or plead for God's gifts and blessings. They are for all his children. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for the many truths that we can learn from this story of Jacob and Esau. And Lord, although the situation is unfortunate for what has happened, Lord, we pray that you would give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, that you would give us guidance so that we can learn from their mistakes and apply these truths to our lives. God, may we walk in the power and the authority that you have given us, that you would help us and lead us in every aspect of our lives. And God, we thank you that we don't have to worry about stealing or cheating someone out of something because we know that what you have for us is kept safe and that what you promise you will give. And so God, we thank you for your blessings and we thank you for all that is in store for us as your children. And so may you continue to be with each one here in the sanctuary and watching online and may you help us in every area. Bless each one, O oh God, and we thank you for the goodness of our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Let's stand as we sing this closing song.